Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful, wonderful day to you. This is Brad, and you are listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. Great to have you here, my friend. I really appreciate you joining me here. I'm up in the barn studio here in upcountry South Carolina, preparing tonight to move across the county and go over to Pickens, South Carolina, to speak about heaven in the evening service at Holly Springs Baptist Church. Boy, I look forward to this. I really, really enjoy being able to share with people the joys of heaven, and just the responses that I get when people see the scripture. Not my opinion, not my commentary, not my suppositions, but when they see the scripture for themselves. I think of John chapter 4, whenever the town people came to the woman at the well, and they said, now we've seen him ourselves, not just because of what you said, but because we, ex- we ourselves, we were able to experience and hear Christ. We made decisions, and that's what I enjoy. I like that woman at the well experience where it's not so much me, but I have the privilege of being able to share these things. And people say, we can see it for ourselves, like in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, where the Berean uh, people, they would search the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so. And that's the joy of this ministry. And I want to thank you for being with me. This weekend, I'll be in Fayetteville, Georgia at Lisbon Baptist Church. Pastor Brian Parrish invites you to join us. Two-day Heaven is Home conference. Boy, that's going to be fun. And we're going to start in the evening, about 5.30, at Lisbon Baptist Church in Fayetteville, Georgia. And you can come for one service. You can come for all of them. There is no cost in this conference. And then, of course, there will be a uh, Heaven uh, question and answer time. And I do that all the time whenever I travel. And so I uh, invite you to join me there. Heading on to the next week, uh, because of your wonderful donations, I'm able to get a round-trip ticket, and I will be speaking in Salinas, California, and in Hollister, California. I will share that with you later on. If you would like to uh, follow where I'm traveling and also go into take a look at the Heaven Questions and Answers that we have on our website, then go to theheaventour.com theheaventour.com. Partner with us if you'd like to receive our newsletter, get a, uh, the prayer list that we have. Oh, by all means, go ahead and sign on in there. Well, what I want to do right now is to share what is and what ain't in heaven. You don't want to think about it. the new earth, the promises of the future, God's presence. What will be there? What won't be there? And I'm going to do an unusual thing here. A bit different. This is why I stepped aside from Revelation 19 study to share this with you. And then I'll go back to the study in our next podcast. But I want to take two key words and I want to use them as finding in the scripture what we can find and what we will not find by looking at a word as we move through the scriptures and do a deep uh, study into a particular word that will be there. It's going to be easy. Nothing's going to be very elaborate or tricky about this. It's right here and laid out for you. And the first thing that I want to tell you is, what? Well, write this down. Now, make sure that you put this down in your heaven uh, journal, okay? Your, your encyclopedia, Bible encyclopedia on heaven. And if you'd like to put this down, I find this most intriguing. What will be there in heaven that allows us to be in heaven? One word. 
one word. There are many different things, but one word we can lock into for this podcast that will help us understand how precious it is that we are going to be in heaven. And that comes down to this word, mercy. Mercy. Mercy is used 276 times in the Bible. Now, I want you to understand, we have two words whenever Christians will talk about what God has done for us, and you'll hear them many times, grace and mercy. We have the grace of God and the mercy of God. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. That is the grace of God. We can talk about that in the future. Indeed, heaven, do we deserve it? Of course not, but we are able to get it. It's a gift of God, as it, we hear in, uh, we read this in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, and 9, this gift, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. It's a gift, and he's not going to take back this gift. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 guarantees us that. He will not take it back. We can trust this because Titus 1, 2, God cannot lie. Hebrews six eighteen. it's impossible for God to lie. So we see something else. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. And I can tell you personally, I do know what I deserve, and that is a lot of punishment and alienation from God. Yet in calling on Jesus, Jesus the Savior, to take over my life, my ways, knowing him, growing in him, I was able to obtain mercy. The mercy of God is part of the entry door to going into heaven, if you want to put it that way. Uh, some of the foundation in the walkway in there into heaven through the gate. It's the mercy of God. 276 times we see this very important word. And I want to share these things with you. If you'll write these down, listen to how mercy is used for us not only to enter into heaven by God's grace, but as Christians to have this continual walk with the Lord. And we're always reminded of this gracious, this wonderful, wonderful uh, truth that comes our way, the mercy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 16. Here's Paul is saying this himself, I-, I obtained mercy. See, he didn't go on his own. He obtained mercy. We see 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. God is known as the Father of mercies. Again, reminding you, Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, the Lord merciful. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, it is the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. Isn't that true? We have this love of God that is bestowed upon us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's what it tells us in Romans 5, 8. We are not consumed. We are given this grace. Psalm 145 and verse 9, his tender mercies are over all of his works. We're reminded in Romans chapter 9 and verse 15 that he is sovereign. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And indeed, we're so thankful that by going into his instruction on obtaining mercy through salvation, we can have this mercy. 1 Peter chapter 1 And verse 3, he has abundant mercy, enough to cover anybody that follows the invitation by the Lord to come to him in salvation. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus stands at the life's door and knocks. If anyone will open up the door, he will come in. That's abundant, abundant mercy. Psalm 108 verse 4, God's mercy is far above the heavens. 
Think of that. Think of that, that, that the incredible far-reaching truth far above the heaven. And we're reminded in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 32 of the multitude of his mercies. Psalm 145 and verse 8, the Lord is of great mercy. And of course, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, according to his mercy, he saved us. He gave this promise. He keeps this promise. And you know something? Micah chapter 7 and verse 18, he delights in mercy. So we have this, first of all, this wonderful word that we ought to remind ourselves in thankfulness that the Lord gives us, he gives us mercy. Then I find something else which is most intriguing. Let me share this with you. And it is simply the word no. When I take a look and I start looking through the scriptures, and I'm going to do a walk with you through here in Revelation alone on the word no, what is not in heaven. And it gives us a number of these, uh, dozens of no's, which can help us peel away things that will not be in heaven or give us an idea of how the Lord is specific in his love toward us. Now think about this. And, and also the intimacy of God with us, the believers who want to come to him through salvation and want to be his children and want to be in his family. So let's start with this. As we go through the scriptures, I'm just going to take a look at, at, at some of these and read these off to you here. And think about this. Revelation chapter 2, he's talking about the overcomers. To he that overcomes, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knows except for he, he who receives it. This is saying you have a personal relationship with the Lord through your salvation that is between you and the Lord. No one else is going to crowd in on that. That is going to be something that you're going to enjoy. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7, it tells us, He that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, the Lord opens this and no man shuts it. The invitation, for one thing, is salvation. That can be used in this passage. He opens up the door. No one is going to be able to shut that door. If he shuts it, no man opens it. No is used twice. The Lord is in charge of destiny. He is in charge of salvation. If he opens it up to you, Satan or the world's forces cannot shut it. And then uh, it's repeated again in the next verse. I have set before you an open door. No man can shut it. You have a little strength. This blessing is here. I'm going to keep it open. And then we also see in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11, as you serve him, hold fast to what you have that no man take thy crown. There's a warning that we're not going to become lazy and allow things to be taken away from us in our service to him, lose our blessing. And then the promise is in Revelation 3 and verse 12, he that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out. People ask me, is there a possibility I can get kicked out of heaven? Well, I'm going to make you, you are an overcomer. I'm going to make you a pillar in the temple of my God. That's in the sanctuary. Think of the, the significance of what he's saying. You're going to be in there. No more will you have to worry about leaving here. I'm going to keep you there. Now, Revelation chapter 5, when we're talking about the taking back of the scroll, the universe, the authority of the universe in, signified by that scroll. No man in heaven or in earth under the earth can open that book. This is only for the Lord. 
This is exclusive. The domination, the superiority, and the sovereignty of God is over the end times and claiming back under the just God the right to the universe. No man can do this. They can't even open up the book. Revelation 5, 4, no man was found worthy to open that book and read the book or look even look thereon. This is for the Lord alone. His, uh, the, the final, the end times uh, plan of the glorification of the believer, the, 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 the ultimate power and uh, praise going to, the, to God and the introduction of the new earth. We see the results of passing the word, the wonderful word of eternal life through the Lord. Revelation 7, 9, the response of the multitude to the witnessing. No man could number the nations, the kindreds, the people, the tongues that stand before the throne and before the Lamb. It also tells us in Revelation 7 and verse 16, there are, they shall hunger no more. There's not going to be any need or, or, or want in heaven. No more. And then we see that the delay is over. Revelation 10.6, what has been prayed for in all of these eons. Lord, will you bring your justice? Lord, how much longer? Revelation chapter 6, how much longer, Lord, until you, you show your justice? A little while longer? And then it tells you in Revelation 10 and verse 6, the delay is no longer. No longer. And then Revelation 13, when we see the mark of the beast is keeping the, the believers if you don't have the mark, you cannot buy or sell, and that is the treachery going on on earth. But we then see this, the victories that come in the very next chapter. They're singing a new song before the throne, before the four heavenly beings and the elders. No man could learn that song but the 144,000 of those missionaries who were redeemed and uh, which were redeemed from the earth in there, learning that song exclusive, a special new song. And in their mouth, there's no guile. There's no deceit. So we're not going to find deceit among those residents of heaven. Revelation 14, verse 5. And then we see that, on the other hand, those rebellious against the Lord, Revelation 14, verse 11, they have no rest day or night. That's one thing I enjoy, the fact as we keep seeing our walk in heaven is going to be, our existence in heaven is one of comfort. We do have rest. We will rest from the labors of the earth, uh, 14 and 13. Uh, it tells us this. Revelation 15 and verse 8, no man could enter into the temple because of the, uh, the temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of the Lord, from his power. The plagues were coming out there, but God's glory is so much that it is above what we're able to take lightly or uh, to enter in without the respect of understanding the sovereignty of God. Revelation 17 and verse 12, it tells us that there is in the rebellious times the ten horns you saw, ten kings, which have received no kingdom. They're waiting the temporal, uh, uh, the obtaining of power by those going against the Lord from the beast. They didn't receive their kingdoms there. That's not going to happen. Nor do we see this. Revelation 18, and when we take a look at the uh, financial Babylon, who says, I sit as a queen, I'm not a widow, I, I'm no widow, I'll see no sorrow. Oh, we see the truth of the Lord in 17, there is no kingdom satisfaction to the, uh, the world, uh, the uh, spiritual system, the world religion, 
Uh, there is a fight for power there, and yet there's an arrogancy in Revelation 18 of this financial system that is personified by this harlot, I'm no widow, the self-deception. But then it says in verse 11, the merchants of the earth, no man buys their merchandise anymore. So we see God's being ultimate there, the no that is happening on earth, let's continue on, in what will not happen. And then we see that in the judgment on verse 14 of this financial system, oh, they'll find them no more. All of those things, all of the niceties, one translation says the dainty and the goodly, you'll find them no more. All of the earthly things, all of those temporal satisfactions are gone, no more. And then Babylon, verse 21, found no more. The rebellion is crushed, all right? 18, verse 22. And all of the worldly things, they will be heard no more. And verse 23, the light of a candle shall shine no more at all. In the financial world, there is no things that are going to be giving temporal pleasure. It is all to the glory of God. And then we see in Revelation 19, the one Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, and it says, he has a name written that no man knew, but he himself. Ah, the mystery of the Lord Jesus Christ, the wonderful mystery here. No man knows, no man creates this, no man writes this novel or uh, any kind of narrative about the Lord. This is heavenly, and it remains heavenly. And then we find the judgment of the deceiver, the anti-trinity, are taken care of, casted into the bottomless pit, shutting up the one that set a seal upon him, that Satan should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. He is incarcerated there, verse 6 of 20. It tells us the second death, those of the rebellion, those of pushing away God, they face that, but the ones who have come to Christ, the second death hath no power. We don't have the fear of death. We don't have the reality of death. Revelation 21.4 says, we shall not die. Revelation 20 and verse 11, that those, the heaven and earth fled away under the great white throne. There was found no place for them uh, in this. Those ones that, those, uh, the rebellious, there's no place for them. They're not made to be in a place of peace. No place for them. Revelation 21, no more sea. The sea of separation, the sea of chaos is gone in heaven. We have a wonderful unity. There shall be, Revelation 21, 4, no more death. No more death. Neither sorrow, crying, any more pain. And Revelation 21, verse 22, no temple. Because everything is one grand celebration of the glory of God. No need for a temple. The Lord Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Revelation 21, 23, no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, in the new Jerusalem. The glory of God lightens it. The Lamb is the light thereof. Revelation 21, 25, there shall be no night in the new Jerusalem. No need of the night. Illumined by the glory of God, verse 27 says, no, no way there's going to be anything that defiles in this new kingdom, 
the God's kingdom, there's nothing that defiles, which means the curse is gone. Revelation 22 and verse 3, no more curse. And Revelation 22, 5, no night there, no need of a candle, the light of the sun. The Lord gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Isn't it amazing? We do have the mercy. We don't have all of these other things. No doesn't necessarily have to be a bad word. These things have been eliminated from the earth. When we find this, when we receive something, it's just as important to see what is not there, the imperfections and the flaws. And we also see this, as the Bible says in Revelation 21.5, Behold, I make all things new. And this gives us a help on the definition. I want to thank you. Thank you for listening so much. It's been a wonderful time in going through this in a great joy in seeing these truths that are being brought to us. God bless you. Take care. We'll go back to Revelation 19 in our next podcast. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of your gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.